singing this morning, um, I want to talk to us about prayer as a weapon. Prayer as a weapon. And then we'll just put up those scripture verses, Andy, first, I think. Uh, this is not a, you're not new to it. My idea is not to, is, is that I don't think you pray. But I would like to encourage your prayer life and maybe sharpen, you know, your prayer life. Because everybody likes results. Amen? Even Jesus said that results have a benefit to us. He said, ask that you might receive that your joy might be full. How many are happier once your prayer request comes than when it's delayed? Yeah, for sure. So it's a real, it's a real thing. You know what I mean? And and because last week we talked about joy, God is interested in your joy to the to the point. You know what I mean? That it's it's just actually becoming contagious and overrunning and overflowing in in your life. And some of that is connected to you know getting results in your prayer. You know. Amen. So then he spoke a parable to them. You're familiar with these. That men ought always to pray, always ought to pray, and not lose heart. Everybody say always. Okay, tell, t- tap somebody and tell them you should be praying always. <laughs> you can say it back to him, Jody. <laughs> Ephesians says, praying always with all prayer and supplication and the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. And that's really when you would take time to, to you know, uh, uh, go through those particular words. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, just praying, you know what I mean, nonchalantly. But we see there there's a perseverance, you know. There's an element of supplication, supplication that moves us, you know, into a realm, you know, of intensity. <clears throat> and he prayed again. Let's talk about Elijah. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Oh, I guess we didn't quite have all those up there. Let me, let me go to James and, uh, so we can read it all. <clears throat> James 5, uh, 15. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much case of point Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced fruit Yes, he just like you. How many know that Elijah had some bad days? Elijah had some discouraging days.
Elijah had some days when he went into flight. But Elijah recovered. Elijah recovered. So God wants you to know this morning that, that <clears throat> the effectiveness of your prayer is not just based on, you know, a given day. A given situation in your life. But if you'll stick at it, after you recover, you can have some amazing results. And prayer is more than just the formation of words. It is the union of the spirit, the soul and the body when they are in harmony with God. Think about it. And to encourage you this morning, and that is to those unanswered prayer, the Bible says that your prayers are not wasted. You may this morning still be waiting. I don't know what the time frame might be from which you had first rendered your prayer even till this very day, and yet the... Heaven still seemed to be quiet. But according to the book of Revelations that, that God has been capturing every one of your prayers. It says that he has a collection bowl where those prayers are being captured. Revelations chapter 5, verse 8. He said, the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Remember, your prayers are not just requests. They are fragrances. They are fragrances. A fragrance that is so valuable and, and so important to God that he actually catches and keeps those. My wife loves fragrances. God loves your fragrance of, that prayer brings into his throne room. Now, he says that he fell down before the lamb. Well, who is the lamb? Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Revelation chapter 8 and verse 3 backs this up. The collection of prayers, the collection of saints, the prayers of God's people begin to fill those bowls that are in heaven and in God's perfect timing. Your prayers are mixed with God's power. Oh, yes. And according to the revelations, they are cast back into the earth. And it begins to change situations. It refers to the fire of God from the altar in God's power, his presence being released from heaven. And that's what James is telling us, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man has great power. 
Oh, yes. So whether or not it's been answered does not mean it will not be answered. Praise God. Hallelujah. Prayer is both relational and warfare. Yes. Number one, relationship is key to answered prayer. John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Yes. Remember, relationship, personal relationship, having a word diet, yes, seeking to know who God really is. It's discovering him as your father. When I was younger, I had such confidence in my father. I did. To be in his presence, to talk to him, to to go ahead and, you know, ask his help. There was a confidence, there was an assurance. Not only in my acceptance, but in his ability to go ahead and work or give and help in every situation. Oh, hallelujah. That's the kind of father I had, and that's the kind of, that's how he just, you know, stimulated me. And I think that that's what God wants us to Grasp is what, so that we have this confidence, we have this assurance. And our Father, our Father, prayer is both personal and corporate. My Father and our Father. Yes, the scripture says that the closet of prayer is my father. When you pray to your father, and then in the Lord's prayer, the instructions is corporate, our father which art in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Praise God. Does your life and what you do make a difference in your relationship and your answered prayer? The answer is yes. Jesus said, 
the Father always hears me because I always do what he says. He had learned to walk by the Spirit. And as we learn to walk by the Spirit, our effectiveness and the results of our prayer are enhanced. Thank you, Lord. Because you can either enjoy your relationship or you can neglect your relationship. You can either pursue God or you can avoid him. While you cannot improve your union with God, you can improve your communion with God. The union has been set and settled, but your communion with God, it's like a marriage. The union has been set, but communion can be improved. Hallelujah. And so as you enhance it, you will work on your communion with the Lord because of your, the surety of your union with the Lord. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new men. You have a brand new start. Another one I love is his mercies are new every morning. Don't be haunted by yesterday. Be encouraged by fresh opportunity of the present day. So that's relationship. Because of that union and that communion, the gap that is often there from the enemies of grace begins to be experienced in a positive sense in your life. God has already established the order and the boundaries and the rules. But as you are in greater communion with him, those things that are enemies of God's grace, excuse me, you know what I mean? They're the distance is brought closer by your communion. Because relationship. Relationship. So prayer is, is a weapon, which is going to be our main thrust this morning. Prayer. We are waging war against an unseen spiritual enemy. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the 
evil one. Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, where they at? In high places. High places. The high places there is not the high place of Washington, D.C., though there is that which is carried out there, but it's higher places than that. While the enemy is unseen, he is not fictional. Peter said, your enemy or your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking to devour those whom he may. Your mind is the place of his favorite battlefield. It's there he tries to bring, build strongholds and neutralize you and I. And that's why we need to put on the full armor of God. Because when you look at Ephesians, the scripture in Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul says, put on the armor before you pray. Put on the whole armor of God. And then he begins to show us as we dress it. And then he says, praying always. Now it's kind of a catch-22, you know what I mean? In the fact that, yes, we incorporate them together without a doubt. But how many know that the helmet of salvation is really a good defense against this mind battlefield? Why should I pray? What is, what is running through my mind really has an effect on what I'm praying and whether I pray. And whether I pray in faith or, you know. All that armor, you know, doesn't let the enemy break through into our minds. Our hearts, our emotions. Yes. So I encourage you this morning that you need to take the armor and put it on in your prayer life. He'll say, well, you ain't going, excuse me, you're not going to get, I know I was not supposed to say ain't, but I was, I'm not that good at English, you know. You ain't. <laughs> but but he, he, he comes and he'll say, you know what, you're just wasting your time. Let me, let me, just look at the situation. Look at the circumstances. Look how long you've been at this. Come on. He begins to play. So we need the armor of God. Without that armor of God, our prayer life takes a hit. 
You got to guard your heart, your mind, your hope, your relationship, your eyesight, and your determination. And to be confident that he says, when you call, I'm going to answer. You shall cry, and I'll say, here am I. The weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds. What is it in every high imagination that exalts itself against God? It's the battlefield of the mind. That's why Paul wrote and said, think on these things. Your mind, my mind needs a diet. It needs a healthy diet. Yes. Prayer builds a healthy perception. It does. Isaiah in prayer got a vision. A vision of God. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Yes. I love what Jeremiah said. He said, call on to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't see. Paul said, I has not seen and ear has not heard and neither in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but he has revealed them <laughs> unto us by his spirit. Perception and how we see and you know, becomes clearer. When I work on the computer, my natural glasses, they work, but if I take one of those Walgreens, you know what I mean, non-prescription but magnifying glasses, and I put them on, and all of a sudden it is much clearer. And that's what prayer can do for our lives. It can, you know, add a dimension of prescription that helps us to see more clearly really who God is. Amen? I love and want the vision that Stephen had. Acts chapter 5 as he looked up into the heavens and he saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Do you know who and where your Savior, your Redeemer, where he is? And why he could say that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's in your corner. Yes.
because life has a way of crowding into our heart. Prayer helps us to empty the heart of those things that are not necessary. Those burdens that we carry that become too heavy and maybe those bondages and baggages that we know that are hindering our run and our walk. Yes. In prayer, it's simply acknowledging that the answer that we need is beyond our ability. It's God that's going to have to intervene. And I love this about prayer. Prayer brings what is happening in God's kingdom, in God's house, to your house. Prayer does that. Yeah. Prayer. We love and we talk about and we believe in all these wonderful graces that God has given us, but they are uniquely and divinely connected to prayer. Prayer is what causes those graces to blossom in our life and to bear fruit. If you abide in me and my, I abide in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. <laughs> Prayer is that connecting with the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Prayer's a challenge. Yes. Did you know that his will and his glory is bound up in prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. After this manner shall you pray. Think about it. Hallelujah. Prayer really is a specific divine appointment. It is an ordinance of heaven. Be encouraged. The value, the excitement that your prayer will bring into your life. And the kingdom that it will bring into the earth. Prayer. How many are going to keep praying? Amen. Look at the power of prayer from the Bible. When God was 
came to the conclusion to move Israel out of bondage. He came to it because of prayer. Exodus chapter 3. I have heard their prayer. Their cry has come up to me. Oh, and here's Moses away in a different country, and you know what I mean? And the, the guy, you know, he's, he's just busy doing, taking care of Jethro's sheep. God begins to orchestrate all because he heard their prayer. Hallelujah. Hannah's prayer is more than getting a son. That prayer of hers started a revival for Israel. Yes, Samuel became, he became the the man, the channel, the avenue to bring a restoration of God back to the children of Israel. She said, I give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Your prayer might be reaching more territory than just the immediate of your request. He will not forget the particulars and the and and the the personalization of it. But prayer is not just the bigness of your prayer. It relies upon the bigness of God. Prayer has an eternal perspective. According to the Apostle Paul, why we look not at things that are seen. We look at the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Don't let temporal things, you know, stop you from praying about eternal things. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. You, yes, church. Whatever realm that might fall in. The temporal thing that is, it's not happening. The eternal thing is that God says it will happen. Prayer. Saints are agents of God. God's got a plan. Do you know that more workers don't automatically show up for the kingdom's work? You got to pray, man. The harvest is great, 
The laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth workers into the field. Are you getting the message and the, and, and the, and the insight of, of the effectiveness of prayer? I'm in the prayer mood for more workers. Because the workers are greater than the amount of workers. Thank God, bless you if you're already involved as a worker. But if you're not, God's taking volunteers and sign-up sheets are going out today. <laughs> Do whatever you can. Prayer. Prayer was so important in the life of the apostles that when the duties of life began to interfere with their prayer life, they went ahead and said, whoa. They saw that their prayer life was being diminished because of duty life. Now, it wasn't because they were too good to serve. It's that prayer was too important because it energizes the serving. And so you'd know the story. They began to look for those that would serve in various capacities so that they could give themselves to more prayer. So now let me stop here for a minute and categorize this. The saints are not called to as much prayer as the ministry. How could Stephen and them, you know, afford to work and pray if the disciples couldn't afford to work and pray? Certain dimensions of our role in our kingdom require more time for prayer. Now, that doesn't let anybody off the hook from prayer, but I find so many times that, that ministry overloads the people to what they've been called to do Jesus told the disciples, or excuse me, the Pharisees, he said, you put on the people a load that you're not even doing. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> well, I'll leave that there. <laughs> I don't expect you to pray as much as I do. And I'm not saying that I pray more than you. I'm not saying that. It says that they will give themselves continually 
to prayer and the word. Because why? And this can be a, you know, can fit any of us to a degree. Things right in themselves may become wrong things when they are allowed to sidetrack prayer and shut the closet door. Everybody needs a prayer closet. Yes. Church business should not affect by and large, or close your prayer closet door. I love this one. Uh, You're not getting too excited, but that's okay. (laughs) It was prayer that held back heaven's fury when God was about to send judgment and punishment to the children of Israel. And Moses prayed. Oh, hallelujah. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. There's so many more things about prayer. And I... I'll ask my musicians to come this morning. The very role that we hold as priests tells us that we have a role in prayer. When Jesus left, the authority that he had received, he did not give it back to the Father. He gave it to those who would follow him. I give you authority. Hallelujah. Yes. I give you authority. He has given it to the believer, to the to the follower of Jesus Christ. Why should we be encouraged? Because Jesus said, I will answer you. Amen. Prayer is so powerful that it even affected the the fish that had swallowed Jonah. He lost his meal. (laughs) That moment. I mean, can you imagine, you know? I'm sure that he he was feeling pretty full about that time. And 
Jonah begins to what? Pray. He said, I cried to the Lord. And that fish. No, it's just not a good Sunday school lesson that's intriguing. It is to show us the power of prayer. Amen. Prayer will get you out of dire situations. It got Jonah out of the belly of the whale. And it was a mess. He said, the seaweeds are wrapped around my head. I don't know what was floating in there, but... Oh. If you just pray in your mess, there's some solid ground in your future. I will answer thee. I'm not going to continue. Well, I think I'll finish this next, next Sunday. Because we haven't got to the wonderful part of the helper of the Holy Spirit when it comes to our prayer life. Oh, hallelujah. It hasn't answered yet. Hasn't come to pass. There it is. It's in a, it's in a bowl. I know prayers that my mom and dad prayed when they were alive and they are gone. But they weren't lost. They are to this day being fulfilled in amazing ways. It's not only God moving within the immediacy of my own family of brothers and sisters, but it's reached into the grandkids and the great-grandkids. I wish I could say that I was the one that prayed it, but I happen to know it was my mom and dad. (laughs) And not exclusively mom and dad, don't get me wrong. But I know. I heard them. I saw them. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen it afar off. Oh, yes. It gives you sight beyond the circumstance of the day 
the hour of the situation as you stand with me today. Your prayers. Your prayers. Your intercession. I don't know what we have church this morning, but it's not long and eloquent prayers, Jesus said, that gets the job done. No. What gets the job done, he says, is the position of your heart. That's it. Hallelujah. The position of your heart. Oh. I won't go into detail, but I had a young boy this week. Touch my heart greater than than what I can remember it being touched. As I watched and looked and saw hands held high and you could see that he was lost in the presence of the Lord because it was drawn him. I said, oh God, oh God, touch my heart again. Touch my heart again. Touch my heart. I think there's room for improvement. Amen. Room for improvement. God's just waiting for the right posture of our heart. Church, it's the right posture of our heart. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. I want to give this last nugget to you this morning, and that is... God holds himself bound to hear your prayer. If my people, which are called by my name, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. God says, I'm binding myself to your prayers and position of our fathers we leave this house this morning god we're so grateful god that you have given to us god the opportunity and the invitation god and the encouragement today that our prayers are not in vain and that you have given us the greatest energy and most powerful weapon that will that can be afforded in this spiritual warfare that affects our natural life and that is the avenue of prayer holy spirit move on us as we go forth engaged in the wonders of prayer in jesus name amen go with god and he will go with you